This is the Epilog Audio Experience. Quick disclaimer for a podcast, the SOS show, points discussed in this podcast should not be relied upon as conclusive medical advice in any case. The host shall not be a substitute for proper medical professional. You must seek professional help in case of any requirement. Thank you. You're listening to the 110th episode of the SOS show podcast with me, Suchita. And today we have with us... Dr. Manoj Kumar, the founder of MHAT, which is Mental Health Action Trust. MHAT was founded in 2008 at Kozi Kode, which is in Kerala. MHAT works on a decentralized model to provide mental health care to the rural populace. Dr. Manoj Kumar is also a Ashoka Fellow and this model has been highly appreciated in the mental health ecosystem. Community-based model adapted for the rural communities, but the challenges are immense. One being that how do you convince people in the poor communities about the kind of mental health issues that they might be going through? How do you educate them? Stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. Hello, Dr. Manoj. Welcome to our podcast, the SOS Show. And uh, thank you for joining in from Kerala and uh, the wonderful work that you are doing there. Uh, I hope uh, we can have the right relevant questions for the amount of work that you've done by now. So, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Uh, Dr. Manoj, tell me you moved from UK. Mm Mm-hmm. You were a psychiatrist, uh, you were uh, in UK and you came back to Kerala, I believe in the year 2007-2008. Yes, that's right. Because you saw the kind of condition, you saw the condition Mm -hmm. in your uh, hometown where you realized that a lot of people needed help when it came to mental health conditions. That's right, yes. And... um, since then, you have been here almost 14, 15 years. That's right. Working for the very underprivileged communities. So, when we are talking about underprivileged communities, what is it that we are really talking about? So, uh, as uh, we all know, uh, there are a lot of issues with mental health care in India. The uh, government uh, and therefore the system which most poor people yeah. access uh, is underfunded. Most of the care is in uh, in the private settings. And a very recent study, for example, found that 20% yeah. of people with mental disorders are pushed into poverty because of their uh, spending in private uh, mental health care. And they start off in a worse place yeah. because uh, most mental disorders are more hmm. common hmm. in the uh, economically backward groups. Mm. Mm. So the idea was that can we provide a good quality, comprehensive mental health care free at the point of delivery to people who deserve it. So everybody who enters uh, our programs is screened first. Our team uh, visits them at home to ascertain the uh, level of uh, economic difficulties they are in and there are set criteria so people who are within the society who are extremely poor uh, get access to uh, the system 
you, would you say somebody who lacks the basic food shelter and clothing uh, there may be such people also who lack uh, even those primary uh, amenities mm-hmm. but often in the kerala situation they may have access to that uh, but uh, they are just barely existing okay and many people with uh, chronic mental disorders uh, find themselves uh, in islands mm. of poverty so they may be living uh, amongst say middle class houses but their own uh, dwelling would be uh, you know uh, very shabby may not have running water for example it may be just a one room shack or whatever but they may have something a roof over their head but they are barely uh, existing uh, so essentially these are people who cannot afford even to access government care uh partly because of access reasons partly because of the expenses involved uh partly because they have to travel long distances uh, as well so these are people who are often unable to access any facility uh, other than to uh, receive something that uh, we try to provide in their own localities often uh, at home Okay okay tell me uh, tell me uh, doctor manoj when we talking about chronic mental health disorders mm. what is it that we are hinting at what's chronic yeah uh, most significant mental disorders are long term conditions that's what is meant by the term chronic now they could be continuous in its course mm-hmm. or it could be episodic now the major forms of mental mm. disorders are the psychosis okay. schizophrenia bipolar mood disorder and other kinds of psychosis now these mm. may have periods yeah. of relative normalcy in between but often uh, relapse yeah. um, or continue in a low grade so what's required is uh, as important as yeah. initial diagnosis and acute treatment is continuity of care it's a proactive public health based approach that we take where once people uh, join hmm. our uh, uh, services then we we think it is our responsibility hmm. to monitor their uh, mental health in the long term okay so the entire mm-hmm. uh, hmm. management uh is geared towards preventing crisis preventing relapses uh motivating people to stay on medications as low medications as possible look at mm. their rehabilitation so that mm. they get back to functioning because uh, rather than uh, any other indicator it is the ability to function uh, that that decides the outcome of mental disorders if you have a condition whatever diagnosis and it's reasonably well controlled and you can function that is what yeah. we want people's functioning needs to be uh, regained or restored so it's not just actual reduction of acute symptoms but maintenance of recovery should be the goal so whereas in our current way of practicing psychiatry we practice it like uh, acute medicine so doctors like me sit in a clinic and expect everyone to come to us uh, and then we give them a prescription for medication yeah. and then it is up to the client or the family to return 
which they may or may not mm-hmm. and in between there will be crisis yeah. and i won't be available for that so it's an acute medical model which works well yeah. for acute medical conditions including acute psychiatric conditions but it is ill suited for uh, most psychiatric conditions which as i said uh, are long term conditions to be managed rather than cured completely once and for all so the system should be geared for that which unfortunately it is not at the moment so what we try to do is to set up systems of care involving local communities involving volunteers so that people remain well in their communities as functional as possible without requiring hospitalization so we don't we don't have any inpatient facility we don't feel we require that because if the system is running well then people stay healthy because we are constantly monitoring them and not just with the, about their medication but like you asked earlier about uh, the indices of poverty people need help with that also you can't uh, uh, you know give medicines on an empty stomach uh, you need to in that case find food also first so people's basic amenities have to be looked after and we play a role in either facilitating that or even providing it ourselves uh so the, the initial choice of right. who to take in is is crucial it's people who really deserve it sure so i mean i like the point where you mentioned the ability to function mm. and the man- maintenance is what is the key That's when right. you're talking about uh, uh, uh mental health conditions which are chronic or mental health disorders uh but after you return from uk tell me dr yeah. manoj what is it that you found was absolutely lacking in the indian system that perhaps was there in other systems but india lacked it in when it came to mental health care yeah two two things really one is that in in india uh yeah. the practice of psychiatry is um, almost entirely medication based psychiatrists work in isolation uh, they make diagnosis they prescribe medication the other aspects of care such as psychological care social care rehabilitation uh, de- uh, provision of daycare facilities are all lacking so there's no multidisciplinary uh, kind of care which is provided it is often purely biological or biomedical uh, whereas in uh, more advanced yeah. systems uh, people work together different specialties psychologists psychiatric social workers occupational therapists nurses and doctors all work together because we all yeah. know that mental mm. disorders require a multi-pronged approach for people to get better not just medications so we try to provide psychosocial yeah intervention yeah. counseling rehabilitation along with good quality psychiatric care the second thing which is lacking uh is again the the point that i have already mentioned which is the absence of systems for aftercare it's left entirely to uh patients and families right. to seek help if and when they need it and that's not a good way of hmm. managing conditions not just psychiatric but also diabetes hypertension uh you know the lifestyle diseases chronic medical conditions uh and that is why there is a recognition of, of that in the in the medical system so that um, in our um, uh, primary health centers there is much more focus on clinics 
specific clinics, specialist clinics for people with diabetes, hypertension, uh, and so on, lifestyle diseases. Unfortunately, such an approach is lacking when it comes to mental health care because people would require monitoring, not, not very frequently, but people would require monitoring of their mental health requirements yeah. over sometimes over a whole lifespan. Many disorders start young, yeah, in people in their uh, yeah. teens, late teens, 20s, uh, early 30s, and so on. So hmm. probably hmm. for the rest of their lives, uh, they require some sort of uh, continued input. Hmm? The other advantage of continued input is that we can re reduce the medicines to uh, as low as possible because you're constantly reviewing somebody's uh, mental state. And when people get better, uh, we can quickly reduce the medications. If people worsen in between, they're already in the system, so we get alerted immediately and we can increase the medication. So rather than people remaining on the same dosages of medications when they are acutely unwell as to when they are recovering, that, that can be avoided. And that is important because A, nobody likes to take medicines. B, all the medications have unwanted side effects. So quite often people get better from their symptoms, but uh, the quali their quality of life is poor because of the side effects of medications. And all these things can be monitored uh, only if there is a system for monitoring that. And not all of this requires professionals. So we have a team comprising of both professionals as well as uh, what you might call lay mental health workers. These are people without professional qualifications who join our team because of their uh, attitude. And then they get initial training and then continued training to play multiple roles within this monitoring system so that people remain healthy for long periods of time. Tell me, Dr. Manoj, when yeah. we're talking about community model, mm -hmm. the community model yeah. of mental health, it's also called the decentralized model. That's right. And you, you have 55 yeah, more of now. such community yeah. models down more south more. in yeah. Kerala where more now yeah. that are treating helping 4000 plus people yeah so just elaborate a bit on that can this model be replicated in other smaller marginalized even middle class setups that actually need urgent attention when it comes to mental health um uh, chronic mental health disorders absolutely absolutely we are already uh, have moved out of kerala a bit uh, we have uh, two uh, clinics in far away himachal pradesh uh, working with the tibetan uh, okay. migrant uh, uh, immigrant population we are about to start uh, a trial right. of clinics right. in the urban slums of bangalore so we feel the core of the model is applicable everywhere. okay nice now these are all amongst i must uh, uh, i must warn you that my experience is only with the most underprivileged communities now whether the same model would work in a paid setting in the middle class i feel yes because um, what people require and what is missing in the current system is continuity of care and humane care. 
because most most of the people uh, find their encounters with uh, the mental health system uh, not satisfactory and that mm. is ironic because we should be the most understanding most caring profession uh, even more than the rest of medicine but somehow uh, the mainstream mm. psychiatric approach has uh, become so uh, stereotyped and institutionalized that people mm. uh, do not like the experience so often stories are that uh, they didn't like the place that they went to they searched and searched and moved around and finally found somebody that they could work with mm. so that is uh, that is a tragedy Hmm. Uh, again i'm coming back to the systemic issue of providing care out of institutions paid or otherwise yeah. lacking the human touch and lacking the time that you need to spend with yeah. people uh, and it ends up as lack of humane care lack hmm. of lack of care you may get prescriptions you may get medicines but the care that we all expect from uh, our doctors and the system is often lacking yeah yeah tell me uh, dr manoj yeah. uh, when we are talking about i just did an episode on schizophrenia and because you're a psychiatrist yeah uh, i was talking to the guest siddharth about uh, living with schizophrenia he yeah. he has been under medication he has not had episodes for a while now he seems fairly stable yeah. in his condition he's a working economist and uh, and because i see a lot of uh, schizophrenia cases we have had on the podcast as well uh, we also sort of realize that when it comes to research on schizophrenia and the understanding of this mental health mm-hmm. condition yeah is incomplete in the sense that everything is on trial and error right from the medications true onwards you know yeah. and uh, we feel that we need a lot more research but because you're a psychiatrist mm-hmm. schizophrenia is a 100 year old mm-hmm. mental health condition more than that yes. uh, why is it that even after 100 years yeah. uh, even after 100 plus years we still do not have with all the technological advancements and research we have nothing that comes when it uh, when it comes to schizophrenia yeah um, yeah that's a very good question Uh, but can i start off saying that uh, these diagnostic terms schizophrenia for example uh, do not mean much okay they are psychiatric diagnosis but they are what we call syndromal diagnosis it's not based on any confirmatory test so uh, someone Uh, may be given Correct. a diagnosis yeah. of schizophrenia by one doctor uh, i may disagree with that diagnosis uh, and uh, i may think oh this is not really schizophrenia so it's um, uh, you know it's mm. uh, the, the diagnosis really doesn't uh, help much and uh, the variation in diagnosis is huge so uh, even though your guest might have been given a diagnosis of schizophrenia uh the burden of that label should not be there hmm? point is that uh you know you know i'm very happy to hear that uh, your previous guest is doing well and functioning very well and has been so for a long time 
and most importantly yeah uh, is open about his condition uh to let you and the world know about it that takes yeah. immense courage and uh, uh, congratulations to him but he and all of us yeah. should not be uh too taken in by the label that he has been given mm-hmm. and that is because and that is why research is uh, so right. difficult because these are brain conditions okay the traditional neurological and psychiatric divide is is only uh, superficial okay uh, we all accept that neurological conditions arise from the brain the same thing applies to psychiatric disorders as well psychiatric disorders are as much a product of brain dysfunction as any other neurological condition hmm? so in other words the mind or the medical understanding of the mind is that it is a function of the brain so when there is a brain dysfunction there are mental disorders okay now the brain is incredibly incredibly complicated so that it doesn't reveal its secrets easily we cannot study the living brain except by images like ct scan or mri scan or pet scanner and so on there's no way we can measure anything directly uh in the brain so we are forced to mm. do experiments in um, say rats or whatever to develop hypothesis about why mm. things might be going wrong in the brain so to make a long story short mm. brain understanding of the brain will advance only if physics chemistry and all advance okay we must have sophisticated ways of unlocking the secrets of the brain which we do not have uh, at the moment uh, i've been in this field for uh, 37 years and we have not had many right. uh, groundbreaking discoveries as far as how the brain works in the case of mental disorders and that is purely because of the extreme extreme complexity of the working of our brain i always uh, feel that despite knowing so little about the brain we are still able to do so much with the very limited armamentaria of um, medicines that we have mm-hmm. uh, you know there are so many uh, hurdles uh, between someone suffering with a mental disorder and getting proper care mm-hmm. uh, we have two few types of medications right research is extremely slow the pharmaceutical company keeps producing new medicines but they are no no better than the older ones mm-hmm. they just you know newer medicines Uh, sometimes with uh, less of one kind of side effect but more of another kind of side effects and uh, the newer ones are more expensive as well so there has been r- really no progress in you know can you imagine uh, you know i've been in the field for close to four decades and i'm saying that uh, the the growth has been very slow and that is because of lack of understanding of the brain or lack of our inability to discover better tools to understand our brain that's a great answer i mean we still have not understood despite 
all all the growth that human beings have had Absolutely. so far yeah. we have not understood our own brain yeah so much to be able to actually figure out yeah uh, beyond the current understanding which is why there has been no growth yeah. in uh, the understanding of schizophrenia and so what we actually understand is a very superficial level we do not know how that happens Absolutely. in fact uh, with my earlier podcast i even asked the question do you think that if any gene mm. any specific gene that is there that causes schizophrenia meets the right trigger in the environment mm-hmm. despite mm-hmm. what they say is like it happens in your teens or in your yeah. 20s yeah. but what if you know you realize it can happen to anyone at any point in their life yeah. with a, because we do not know like it's a yeah. it's a it's a trial and error we yeah. we are just presuming it that's right the the only indicator that's uh, more reliable than the other yeah uh, is looking at our um, family histories that doesn't mean that everybody in the family will get it and there's no way of predicting uh, out of four children who might uh, get the the uh, the genetic composition so that it the disease manifests hmm? but uh, you know that is the only reliable indicator that we have if it runs in your family it means that you have a higher than average chance of getting the disorder but that does not mean that uh, you will get it mm? uh, and that's not a bad totally bad thing either because uh, the earlier we detect it um, uh, the the uh, earlier we can treat it mm? uh, and I, i you know it's something which i have said in many for that um, uh, it runs in my family and when i first had an episode of uh, mental illness i was quite lucky i was in my late 30s but i was expecting it i knew that you know i am more likely than most people to get it and of course being a psychiatrist helped so uh, i could detect it early and manage it early as well and i have learned to live with it uh, it's like any anything with regarding our you health. did you did have an episode yes i have had episodes and i am on medication what was it like bipolar what was it like uh, no we, i don't think we would you to, like to share anything uh, no i don't think we need to go into the details okay uh, yeah but um sure uh, sure it's, it's made me i think a better doctor you know having my own experience of um, for mental disorder uh and i have uh, learned to live with yeah. it and manage it and uh, uh, even currently i i am on medication but i can function uh entirely uh, as well as i want to be uh so i am at peace with with my condition right and uh and, you know the point of uh, saying it is that that is all there is to it all of us would be genetically predisposed to have one disorder or the other and we will develop that at some point in our in our lives maybe hypertension it may be diabetes uh it may be uh, cardiac problems whatever and this is just another medical problem but unlike the other medical problems there's huge ignorance there is all the uh, problems of accessing good quality services that we discussed uh and we have huge difficulty accepting uh, our own conditions and you know let alone talk about it uh so the more we are open about uh, you know about our condition uh, and treat it like just any other disorder the better it is for all of us
So that was the point of sharing my own experience. Yes. 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 Absolutely. A lot of learnings including how to adapt a community-based mental health model. That's it folks for this episode. I hope you know that you can follow the social board which is our Instagram handle and you can also find me on LinkedIn. 